0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Chronic Illness Support Podcast. Today, our guest is Elizabeth Guthrie, who is going to discuss trauma. The United States Department of Veterans Affairs estimates that 50 to 60 percent of the population experience at least one trauma in their lives. Thank you so much for joining me today, Elizabeth. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, Samantha. Thanks for having me on today. So my name is Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie. I hold a PhD in natural medicine with a specialization in naturopathic psychology and I have my master's of public health degree with a concentration in functional nutrition. I'm 34 years old, I live in Alabama with my husband, my dog, and a couple of cats. And I'm a board certified wellness practitioner with a focus on trauma informed care. My interest in plant medicine and energy healing actually started very young. When I was a child, my mom began experiencing a lot of pain and fatigue and finally found out she had fibromyalgia. And I watched her overcome significant symptoms using dietary changes and herbs, and that really stuck with me. And as I grew up, I became more interested in natural medicine, but I didn't know that I could have a career in natural medicine. So I actually ended up as a 911 dispatcher and dealt with a lot of secondary trauma from the calls that we received. And near the end of my time as a dispatcher, I actually ended up in a physically abusive relationship. That relationship ended, and yet I continued to struggle. And a doctor finally recognized that my trauma was causing a lot of my physical symptoms, and I ended up with an official diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. After I received that official diagnosis, I was able to start studying a little bit more about herbs and meditation and other natural remedies and how our body's responses may change towards them when we have been through a trauma. Some people find that their bodies respond differently to types of herbs after they've dealt with trauma. Some people may not be able to use meditation as a tool if they still have unresolved trauma. And as I've learned more about mental health and natural medicine, I've really found that there's a lot of research that indicates that there's a link between inflammation and trauma. So many people who are dealing with chronic disease have high levels of inflammation, and this may make them more susceptible to trauma. On top of that, chronic illness itself can actually cause certain kinds of
0: trauma. Thank you so much for sharing. How can chronic illness cause trauma?
1: So trauma thrives in isolation. It's much more likely to occur when we feel unsafe and disconnected from others. Chronic illness makes people more likely to experience both of these things on an ongoing basis. So on top of my PTSD, this past year I was diagnosed with long COVID as well. I've experienced that feeling of isolation, disconnect, lack of safety, all of that especially from the fatigue and not being able to fend for myself in ways that I took for granted before I I got so sick. So when we're dealing with a chronic illness, if we can learn ways to cope with the stressors that come with being so ill, we're more likely to find inventive ways to stay connected and feeling empowered, which can help to lead to less trauma symptoms in the long run.
0: I'm sorry for what you've been through and what you are going through with long COVID and PTSD. How does natural medicine fit into all of this?
1: So there are several natural medicine therapies that can help to improve quality of life for people dealing with chronic illness. But fewer people are aware that some of these same natural options can also help us when we're working to heal from trauma. So please note, natural therapies are a complementary option in trauma healing. Which means the complementary means that these therapies work alongside your conventional treatments to help them be more efficient. So I'm not looking to replace a therapist. When I work with clients, I'm working to help them find herbs, essential oils, yoga poses, meditations, all those different things that help them come back into the safe, connected space that we know as the ventral vagal state. And once you're finding yourself in that ventral vagal state more, then you're able to spend more energy healing and less energy managing the trauma symptoms.
0: Can you speak more on the ventral vagal state?
1: Sure. So the ventral vagal state is described in Dr. Stephen Porges' polyvagal theory. This theory describes how the body responds to different levels of stress. There's three physiological states of the nervous system that are described in the polyvagal theory. Now, these states are normal. When we interact with our environment, there are times we're going to be a little bit more aware and alert. And there's going to be other times that we're a little bit more soothed and almost in kind of a meditative place. But when somebody has experienced stress, trauma their body can become stuck and respond to even very what we would normally think of as benign situations with a heightened alert so the three physiological states that we see in the polyvagal theory are the sympathetic the dorsal vagal and the ventral vagal state the sympathetic state indicates when somebody is in a heightened state of awareness So a healthy person will be in a sympathetic state during times of play, maybe excited movement. If you've got a board game that you get really into, you may find yourself in a bit of a sympathetic state. Or if you play some form of sports, then you're going to see the sympathetic state there. It's also the state that causes our fight or flight response to danger. When someone has experienced trauma, they may become stuck in this sympathetic state, may be very hypervigilant They may be easily startled, jumpy. That can be a sign that somebody is in that perpetual sympathetic state. On the other end of the spectrum, we have the dorsal vagal state. This is where things slow down. A person comes into a state of almost lessened nervous system response. In a healthy situation, we'll feel this state in quiet moments, moments of intimacy, For me, it's those moments where I'm snuggled up with my dog and a cup of tea at the end of the day, just kind of almost a meditative place, but I'm still aware of my environment around me. I'm still having thought processes, just kind of that very gentle place. As a dorsal vagal state increases, a person can feel less of their surroundings. In a stress response, this can become a sense of numbing. Freeze responses, that's a form of dorsal vagal reaction. In trauma, somebody can become stuck in the dorsal vagal state and they may feel unable to get up and do things that they know are important. They may feel very stuck. They may feel numb. They almost may not feel feelings, right? That's a very dorsal vagal place. And then ventral vagal is somewhere in the middle. Ventral vagal is a place where we're alert and aware without being on high alert. We're also feeling safe and soothed but not so much that we start to drift away. We're still here in the moment, very present in the here and now. The ventral vagal, as we've discussed, is that place of connected, safe interaction. And there's many different things that can help to bring us back to that place of ventral vagal safety. So when I work with clients, I'm using natural remedies such as nervine herbs, maybe some gentle restorative type adaptogens, different forms of yoga, and different types of meditation, maybe some EFT or TFT tapping techniques to help bring people back into that ventral vagal state. The more often we can get ourselves into that state, the easier it becomes to find that place of connectedness. And the more frequently we're in that connected place, the easier healing becomes. Emotional healing, physical healing... All of it is much easier when we are in that place where we're able to feel that connection.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. What is something you wish you would have known when you were diagnosed with PTSD? I really wish
1: that someone had emphasized that it wasn't my fault I was dealing with PTSD. We now understand that post-traumatic stress disorder and even if you're not, don't have a diagnosis but you know that you've been dealing with with trauma-related symptoms, these things are not because somebody was weak. When you have this kind of response, it's not because your body has failed you. It's actually the opposite. Your body responded to an overwhelming event and kept you safe. It's not your fault that you've been dealing with this. And that's easy to say. It's harder to feel, especially if you have complex type traumas. But the more that we hear it and the more that we become aware of it, the easier it is to begin feeling it. But just because your body has responded a certain way, just because you didn't have control over the reaction of your body during that overwhelming event, does not mean you don't have the ability to heal. You can work with your therapist and use some of these complementary natural therapies to support your journey. It just takes a little bit of time. It takes an effort to rewire things. But you do have that ability to heal from unresolved trauma.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree. How are you doing now with symptoms?
1: Oh, my symptoms. So, I have recently been acutely aware of the idea that healing is not linear. I was doing well for a very long time, but since I got long COVID, several of my symptoms resurfaced. A lot of my experiences around having COVID actually reactivated several of the worries that I had around trauma before. So several of my symptoms resurfaced, even though it was a slightly different form of trauma that caused them. But this time, it's a little bit different. I have systems in place to help me heal. I'm aware of the things that work for me and for my body. And I know how to go about pivoting when it doesn't work. I have a very strong support team now. I have an integrative team that I call on. And when I have a rough patch... They already know some of what helps get me through, and I've seen a lot of progress very quickly compared to a lot of other people who are dealing with similar symptoms. So I gain a lot of hope from this. It's a little bit like if you get a paper cut, you don't expect to heal it one time and then never get another paper cut. When you've experienced trauma, there's a chance that you will have more trauma in the future. But if you know the band-aids that work for you, if you know where to start to help yourself to resolve concerns that come up, it becomes easier to work with it in the future. And that's one reason I really love natural remedies for trauma healing. My studies in naturopathic psychology have led me to try to understand more about the different herbs, essential oils, sound healing, all the different things that could be used. There are so many different forms of natural remedies available that there's a good chance that you'll be able to find something relatively quickly that starts to help. And if you're able to work with someone like me who is trauma-informed and focused on offering you the best options, you'll be able to gain some hope that whatever you're dealing with is manageable. It just takes
0: time. Yes, it does take time. Thank you so much for the great example. If someone wants to start using natural remedies, what do you suggest?
1: For trauma support, it really depends on what you're most interested in. You could start with herbs, essential oils, yoga, or meditation. I'm going to give you some different ideas that might help you start your search, but please remember that I don't know you individually, and I can't make recommendations off of your particular situation. Always do your research and check safety, especially if you're on any kind of medications, if you have certain chronic illnesses that might cause you to be susceptible to things. You may want to just go ahead and do a little bit more research before you start implementing anything. So for herbs, I encourage people to start with teas that have nervine herbs. Nervine herbs help to support the nervous system. Most of them are very soothing, and you can go to your grocery store and find lots of different calm and relaxing teas that have Nervine herbs in them. Look for herbs such as lavender, chamomile, lemongrass, rose. Different Nervines have different tastes, so I'm sure that you'll find something that you would enjoy. One of my favorite things to do is to sit down with my cup of tea, and just allow myself to be in that moment with that tea. Feel the warmth on my hands, smell the scent. Most of these teas are gonna have a little bit of a different aroma depending on what's in them. And as it starts to cool down and I begin tasting it, notice the taste, notice how I feel in that moment, notice how it makes me feel as I begin sipping on the tea. Just very mindfully drinking that cup of tea. If you're interested in essential oils, Find oils that you like the scent of and you feel good after you've used them. Putting a few drops on a cotton ball and inhaling is usually a very good way to try them out. Though if you have asthma or other things happening with your lungs, you may find that you prefer to dilute them in a carrier oil and rub them on your skin. Oils that I like to inhale include peppermint, ylang-ylang, and sweet orange. They're good places to start, maybe even some lavender again for trauma-informed care we want to use the essential oils that we like the smells of and that we're drawn to use for yoga if we can spend a little bit of time paying attention to how our body feels after a class it may give us an idea as to whether or not that class is right for us you may find that you respond differently to different types of yoga so we have like restorative yoga yin yoga different flows vinyasa that kind of thing And if you find yourself in a sympathetic nervous system state, you may prefer different types of yoga compared to a friend that maybe finds themselves in a dorsal vagal state. Going in person to classes can be really good, but virtual classes are also an option. My wellness club members get access to virtual classes that I teach online every week, restorative yoga, gentle flows in the morning, chair yoga, that kind of thing. And no matter what you choose, I encourage you to work with a teacher who believes in accessibility and can support you in finding the right variation of poses for your needs. For meditation, I really tend to start out with guided meditations. Guided meditations allow you to kind of have your mind directed to different scenes. If you can find a few of them that you really like that you use on a regular basis, it helps you teach your mind to focus and allows you to have a little bit more of that control over where your mind goes. And then you can shift into mindfulness meditation. When you start trying mindfulness meditation and you start working to clear your mind, focus on your breath, that sort of thing. Start with shorter sessions and build up to the longer sessions. If at any point you start to feel too disconnected afterwards or you start having intrusive thoughts during meditation, stop practicing the mindfulness meditation and find other forms of meditation that feel better. My book, The Trauma-Informed Herbalist, is focused a lot on plant medicine, but I do have a chapter on meditation and I talk a little bit about this. Meditation can be wonderful, but sometimes we do have to adjust it if we've been through a lot of trauma. So hopefully these examples can help you see that if you're interested in using natural remedies, there are many options and a lot of the times it's a matter of adjusting things and figuring out what works for you.
0: That's really helpful. How can listeners connect with you?
1: You can find information about my services, my classes, and my book at www.traumainformedherbalist.com. My book, The Trauma-Informed Herbalist, came out October 15th of 2022. I have another book coming out in April of 2023 that's entitled Trauma and Essential Oils. And my website, www.traumainformedherbalist.com, has information about those books alongside my other offerings. You can also follow me on Instagram at traumainformedherbalist.com to get a behind-the-scenes look into my life as an herbalist, as a practitioner, and all the different quirky things I get up to.
0: I will be sure to include all of that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for taking time to be a guest on the Chronic Illness Support Podcast to talk about trauma to provide education and awareness. I enjoyed having you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Samantha. I'm really
1: excited I was able to be here today. I think it's always important to remember that healing from trauma is done when we feel connected, safe, and secure. Chronic illness can add to the feeling of isolation, of disappointment, of this sense that we're not going to ever be safe again. And that can be very hard. But natural medicine offers a lot of complementary coping mechanisms, and I hope that our discussion today has helped you to begin brainstorming different ways that you can incorporate plant medicine, movement medicine, even meditation into your daily routines.
0: If you found listening to the Chronic Illness Support Podcast helpful in any way, please subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you so much for listening.